Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11. I want to say it's an honor to, to teach you this morning and uh, certainly grateful that all of you are here today and um, all of those that have been delivered this week from caffeine, uh, celebrating you and your recovery and uh, my recovery and, uh, and uh, oh man, I, it's, been a, it's been a good week. And, uh, and, uh, that's, uh, that's the, uh, never mind. It's been, it's been a good week and, um, it's been, uh, worth it, really worth it and, uh, refreshing, refreshing to step away from the things, uh, from things of the world and, and separate to God. It's so worth it. And, um, and, uh, that, that, that flesh is sure dying and, uh, and it's it's uh, it's happening. And uh, turn to your neighbor and say, "You look like you're dying a little bit." <laughs> Tell them, but but that's a good thing. Now, if you're a guest here, we're not weird. <laughs> we're just fasting. <laughs> Hebrews chapter. Five and verse. I will teach on a subject this morning that Pastor has asked me uh, to teach on, and that is the subject of growing or growth. And um, and so uh, I believe the Lord's going to help us today. And uh, Hebrews chapter five and verse eleven. If you're there, say I'm there. If you if you forgot your Bible, say I'm cheating and I'm looking at the screen. But I'll do better next time. Hebrews five and eleven. Of whom. We have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat." For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Turn to your neighbor if it is appropriate and say, you are a babe. (laughs) For he is a babe. (laughs) Sorry. Verse 14. But <laughs> that's funny. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I'm still laughing about babe up here. Both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection. Would you say that? Let us go unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. My final scripture that I will read um, to you before you're seated is 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. The Bible says, 
Peter records his, his very last words recorded in Scripture. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But grow in grace. I'm going to teach this morning on this subject, grow, grow. Lord, I thank you for your word. It's anointed, it's settled, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharp. Lord, it's able to grow us. It is able to steer us in the direction we ought to go. I pray, Lord, that our hearts, our minds will be open to your word. God, that we would grow thereby. God, help us today. Let your presence be in this room. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. You have heard the term, seen the term, um, several places within this building. When you walk into the, to the foyer of, of this amazing church, you see the phrase, restoring people to a greater purpose. It is the vision of the Anchor Church to restore people to a greater purpose. We were all designed for a great purpose in God. Whether we left the church and have come back or we have never been to the church, God designed mankind to be great, to do great things, to make a difference in the world that is around him. And we believe here at 1365 Chamberlain Street that when you stepped into this building when you made time to come and be a part of this service today, we believe that God is orchestrating a great purpose and a great plan for your life. We're not here to just warm seats. We're not here to just fulfill religious obligation. We're not here to just check church off of the list and move on with our week. We are here because God has designed us with a purpose and with a plan. For he says in scripture, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you and I ordained you. Amen. God knows all of us. Amen. Every hair on your head has been numbered. Everything about you that you have done, are doing, and will do, God knows and he understands today. And it would be foolish of us to come to a church like this on a Sunday morning. It would be foolish of us to come here and go through the motions and routines of just religious formality that, that the American church has, uh, that, that the, the American culture has somewhat adopted. It would be foolish of us to just come to a church and just fulfill a routine when we are sitting in a place full of people that have the fingerprints of God Almighty all over them. It would be foolish of us to preach to you and preach mediocrity and just stay where you are and just do what you're doing. You don't have to do anything to be, no, 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 no. God has called you and I to be great, to do great things. Amen. For you were made in the image of God. And God is not just an average God. He's not a weak God. But he is a strong God. He's a powerful God. And he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think, according to the power that works in you. We believe 
that every person that comes into this room is full of purpose. And so it is the will of God and the will of this church that people would walk in one way and leave another way. That they would walk in broken and they would leave healed. That they would walk in wounded and bitter, but they would walk out full of power, full of healing, full of forgiveness in their life, full of the power of God flowing through their veins. That is the will of God and it is the will and the vision of this church. That is the vision of this church to restore people to a greater purpose. But there is a way that this vision is accomplished. It's not uh, having a vision is great, but if you have vision only and you don't have a plan, you're not going to get very far. If you have a vision but you don't have a way to get that vision accomplished, you're not going to get much done. And so you have heard this phrase as well in this church when you've went through first steps and different parts of, uh, of, of things that we do here. You've heard not only our vision, but you've heard our system. And that system is this. Love, grow, go. Somebody say that with me. Love, grow, go. Love God. Number one, we are instructed the first thing, above all things, we are to love God. Amen. We are to love God. He said this is the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might and all thy strength. He, he commanded us to that. But he said the second is like unto it. He said, and love thy neighbor as thyself. There is something that happens when you fall in love with the Lord. He gives you what he loves, you begin to love too. When you fall in love with the Lord, he begins to show you and give you uh, the things that he loves and the things that he cares about. You can't help but care about people when you love the Lord because it, because it is the nature of God to love people. Can you say amen? Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what background you come from. Doesn't matter if you're addicted or you're sober. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter where you come from. Scripture instructs and tells us that when we fall in love with God, we will fall in love with the people that he died for. And he died for the black, for the white, for the Indian. He died for the Chinese, the, the Mexican. He died, amen, for the Philippine. He died for everybody in this world. He died for the homosexual. He died for the addicted. He died for the broke. He died for everybody. And when we fall in love with God, we also fall in love with the people that he died for. So number one, our system, the way people are restored to a greater purpose is number one, they have to fall in love with the Lord. And when they fall in love with the Lord, we fall in love with his people. Number two, we are instructed uh, by scripture, not in what I will talk about today, is not, not just love God and love people, that is great and that is necessary, but there is a requirement of us to grow, to grow. Somebody say grow. We are instructed to grow in our faith. Peter instructs us in his last words, uh, 
in our Bibles. He says, grow in grace. Peter, uh, th those words mean so much coming from a man that made so many mistakes and came from, you can read the life of Peter in Scripture. And for him, that man that wasn't perfect, but yet followed the Lord for that man to say, if I could say anything in my last words to you, it's this, grow in grace. We are instructed, we are commanded by Scripture to grow in God. Anything that is dormant is dying. Anything that is just trying to maintain and stay the same is dying. If you are not growing, you are dying. Scripture would compel us. It would, it, it would show us that you are to desire the best gifts. You are to pursue the gifts and the things of God. It, scripture compels us that there has to be there has to be growth that happens within our lives. So number one, we love God and we love people. Number two, we grow in faith. And number three, we go save the world. This is the system of the anchor church. We, this church has never been designed to keep what God has given us, to what God has freed us from. It's never been, amen, just about you and you only. But scripture compels us, amen, to go, to go and share and spread the good news that we have received, amen. Scripture says, such were some of you, but ye have been washed, amen. You have been changed. Something has happened in your life, and so now scripture commands us to go. Somebody say go. So number one, we love. Number two, we grow. And number three, we go. We must not only have vision, but we must adhere and submit ourselves to the system that Scripture would support to love God and love people, to grow in faith and go save the world. We believe it is our plan, it is the system in which people can come in empty, broken, bound, addicted, and lost and leave equipped to save their part of the world. If you want to be restored to the person God originally intended for you to be, we must fall in love with God, we must commit to growth, and we must go give what we have received. Somebody say amen. In my opening text in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, Paul, the supposed writer of Hebrews, was talking to a church to a group of people that should have been further along than they were. He was talking to a group of people that had been in the church for some time, and, and, and you can see Paul's uh, almost frustration in this moment with where the church was because he said, for when the time ye ought to be teachers, Paul said, you ought to be teaching by, by now. You ought to be instructing somebody else. He said, for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. He said, you should be teaching by now, but now you, you are still in a place where, you are, where it is required that you be taught again. He said, and you are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Can I say this 
on this Sunday morning in this first word session, it is entirely possible to be full of the Holy Ghost, born again, baptized in Jesus' name, repented of your sins. It is entirely possible to have those things done and not be where God has intended for you to be. It's entirely possible for you to be born again and out of the will of God. Why? Because you were designed to grow. You were designed to, to grow in God, to grow in grace. And Paul was preaching to a church. He was speaking to a church that had, that, that had stayed where they always were. They had not grown. They had not changed. They, they, had not, they, they had heard the word but had not done the word. And Paul, Paul made the statement to the church that you should be teaching. You should be beyond this. What's he talking about? He's talking about growth. He's talking about you should be growing. And so in regards to the subject of growth, I want to make a few points on this Sunday morning. What, what is it that makes us grow? What is it that makes food? That's very good. That's, that, class dismissed. God bless you. See you at 11. <laughs> what, what is it that, that makes us grow? First Peter chapter 2 tells us, it instructs us, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. Somebody say the Word. Somebody say the Word of God. Next phrase, that ye may grow thereby. What makes us grow? The word of God makes us grow. Somebody say the word of God makes us grow. As food is, brother, to the body, the word is to your spirit. Just as we have to have food to survive and to make sure that our body continues, we have to feed our spirit with the Word of God. Amen. It is the Word that is the food that prolongs, that, that, that allows life to happen and, and continue in our spirit. But can I tell you that you will never grow if you read, if you just read the Word of God? You will never grow. I don't care if you have, if you have, if, if you've read the Bible through every year for 40 years. If you just read the Bible, you will not grow. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life. If you just read the Bible and listen to the Bible being preached, you won't grow. You won't. You won't grow. You can't just read his word. You can't just hear his word and magically grow. Doesn't happen that way. It doesn't. I cannot read, my brother, about food and grow. I can't. I can look at it. I can look at every angle of it. I can study it. I can, I can know that it's food. I can know where it came from. I can know what it tastes like. I can know what grandma and grandpa think about. I can know everything about food. But if I don't eat that food, I ain't growing. 
and you can read the word all day long until you're blue in the face and you can brag to all your friends, I read 47 chapters today. You can read until you're blue in the face. But if you do not obey his word, you ain't growing. You will not grow until you don't just read it or hear it, but you obey it. Somebody say amen. amen. You, James 1 and 21, throw the scripture up. I didn't give you my scriptures before. I'm very sorry. James 1 and 21. It shows us, it's very clear, the Bible is very clear about this. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. That just means evil. I wish you just would have said evil. And, and, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, read this with me. Are you there? But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a, a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He catches a look of his face, catches a quick look of his face. Verse 24, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. He looks at himself and leaves and straightway forgets what manner of man that he was. A man that quickly looks and sees the imperfections and impurities in his life but just moves on with his everyday life. That, that's the man he's talking about. Watch verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. One, one place said stareth, I believe. That stares into the law. That, 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 that meditates on it. And continues therein. Meaning, and does what it says. He being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. James instructs us. He tells us that you can read all you want and hear all you want, but you must do and obey the word of the Lord. The Bible is not a book you get a star on your crown for reading once a year. It is an instruction manual and you need to read this as such you need listen to all the men in the house that don't need instructions Christmas time comes around it's your time to shine baby there's a hundred and ninety five piece set of something you don't need no instructions because you're a man. You're a man's man. I got, my, I got my drill. I got my hammer. I got duct tape. I don't need no instructions. This thing's going to look better than the picture. And you ain't going to say nothing about it. Because I'm a man. And I know how to do it. You ain't got to tell me. I know how to get there. Lauren. Don't put it in the GPS. I told her the other day. I said, don't put that in the GPS. She said, well, we're going to put it in the GPS. I said, Lauren, don't put that in the GPS. I need you to know that I know how to get there. We were in Columbus. We were, we were going somewhere A to B. I'm telling you, it's no lie. I said, Lauren, don't you put that in the GPS. I said, I know how to get there. 
She put it in the GPS anyway, Brother Chuck. That ain't right. Disobedient. I said, you, that's fine. You put it in, but it's gonna, uh, but I'm gonna let me tell you where to go first. And I did. I told her, I said, you take 670 and 670, we're running to 70. And I told her all of it. And, and when she typed it into the GPS, the GPS affirmed every word that I had said because I am a man. I don't need your GPS. I don't care if I've been lost five times. I don't need it. We'll get home when we get home. Sorry, I'm on a tangent right now. <laughs> this is an instruction manual. And we need the instruction manual. Manual. <laughs> we need man, woman. All of you in this house, you need the instruction manual that God left us. Well, I just need a word from the Lord. Oh, if I could just get a word from the Lord. If I could just get a word from God. Listen, y'all. This, you know what this is? This is a Bible. You know what also we call this? The Word of God. You need a word from God? I understand. I'm just playing. I'm just being. I'm, I'm, but you understand the point here. We have word. We have the word from God. We have the instructions of how to get out of the dilemma, the chaos, the problems. We have the word of the Lord. It's not a book just to be read. It's a book to be obeyed. Okay, turn here. Okay, okay, stop here. Stop here for just a minute. Turn turn right. Okay, I'm going to turn right. No, 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 turn back around. Don't do that. You're, you're dumb. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't look at that. Keep, no, don't, don't look that way. Don't, don't look that. It's an instruction manual. And if you will obey the instructions of the word, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed. Amen. Thereto according to thy, thy word. We need the word of God. We must obey the instructions that the Lord has given us if we want to grow. I, I, let's, let's, go back to, let's go back to the opening text, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Paul tells us, for the, time, for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles in the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. He is a babe. He is a babe. Now listen, there, when you are born, when you are born into the kingdom of God, the Bible instructs us that it is needful for us to receive the milk of the word as newborn. Somebody say as newborn. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of of the word that ye may grow thereby. There is an instruction. The milk is, it, 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 we are instructed to grow by the word. It's, it's, it's likened unto milk. When all of our children, I have three boys and all of our children, when, when, they, when they were born, they, 
they didn't they they weren't born and I handed them a a, a ribeye. Right? You didn't you didn't start your baby with with um, with tater tots and, and and chicken noodles. You started that baby off with milk. Right? Do you have that sippy cup, Lauren? Yeah, run it up here, Bryce. Throw it to me. I can catch. Oh no catch. <laughs> My haughty spirit. The Lord corrected it right there. <laughs> it's 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 they, they start they start with milk. They start with just it, it's 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 enough. It's it's five ounces. It's eight ounces. It's ten ounces. If you're Gigi, it's thirty five ounces. It's it's it, it's it's milk, man. It's milk and and milk and milk is is easy. You understand the difference. I I, I want to talk. About this, and as it relates to growth, because it's so vital. Paul said, "Paul said you, you, you're you're still on milk when you should be on meat." <laughs> He's talking to a bunch of grown-ups that are walking around with sippy cups in their hands, saying, "That's what he's doing." He's talking to a bunch of grown-up church folks that are that are walking around with sippy cups still in their hand, years behind where they should be. But here's what happens when you when you're born into the kingdom of God. You are provided milk. Somebody say milk. What is the, there's, a, there's a great difference between milk and meat. Milk is provided for you. It's easy. It's easy to get. Milk is easy to get. That baby starts crying. That baby starts screaming in the middle of the night. That baby, man, you know when it's time for that baby to get milk. The body is designed it's amazing. It's amazing the way God designed the body. But the body, the, literally, literally the, the, the human body is designed when, when the cry of the baby is heard that the mother would be able at that moment, if, if, if it's an, within a, enough time, but uh, uh, the, the baby at that moment, the mother at that moment becomes prepared to provide milk. It's amazing. It's amazing the way God designed it. And it's that way in the church when, when you're born, when it, it just takes, milk just takes desire, just takes a cry. It just takes, it just takes, hey, I, I need this. And it's provided. It's, it's easy to get. It, it's, it's provided to you by the body. It gives proper, milk gives proper nutrients to sustain a baby. That's what milk does. Milk gives proper nutrients to sustain a baby. Somebody say, a baby. But you ain't a baby too long. Right? You're not a baby but for a little while. And eventually what happens is that milk becomes not enough for you to live on. And so you grow, a baby grows, and he moves to solid foods. and He moves to, to different things, broken up into little tiny pieces so they don't choke. And you cut the grapes 18 times so they don't choke. You know, you know um, I'm, I'm, I'm in it right now. I'm living in it right now. So you just have to bear with it. But, you know, it's, it's, you take baby steps. You start small, break things up into little pieces. And then before too long, and then before too long, you're like Winston and Lawson last night with a big old steak on their plates. I did, man. We had a guy's night last night. My, uh, Lauren and Cohen were away, and, 
And I, I, I threw on some steaks, and those boys ate all of it. I mean, they destroyed it. It was great. And, uh, but but it, it goes from milk to meat. It's always been intended for, for the people of God, for, 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 for you, for me individually, for us to go from milk to meat. What sustained you then, what sustained you at the beginning, cannot, sus- cannot sustain you as you grow. You hear me? What sustained you at the beginning cannot sustain you as you grow. Scripture witnesses that. Paul said you should be pursuing meat right now, but you are still trying to live off of milk. And as you grow, we, Paul, Paul instructs that we are to pursue the meat of the word of God. Meat, listen, meat's a whole different ballpark. Because meat is not easy to get. Meat doesn't come in the form of just a ribeye. Meat comes in the form of something living. Meat comes in the form of a cow in the field, of a pig in the stall, of of chickens running around. Meat comes in the form of something that is alive. I'm hungry right now. Meat comes in the form of something that is alive that has to be killed. Something has to die. Something has to die in order order for there to be sustained life. It's not just something provided and easy anymore. But if you will grow in God, you will find along the way that there are some things in your life that you have to kill. That there are some things, some habits, some desires, some friendships, some, some, some places that you have gone. There are some things in your life that have to die. And it is your obedience to the word of God, to the convictions that God lays on your heart and in your life. It is your obedience to those things, to killing those things. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. It is your obedience to getting those things, killing those things out of your life. It is that that provides the necessary meat to sustain your life. Meat takes work. Meat takes work. It takes obedience. It comes in the form of something you have to kill. But here's what it does. It gives the proper nutrients to sustain somebody that is an adult. Amen. If you have been in the church 20 years and you're still just living off what the preacher says on Sunday and Wednesdays, you're just living on milk. You're spiritually depleted. In reality, you're unhappy. You're sitting in the pew, you're not fulfilled, and you wonder why. I'll tell you why. Because you have never obeyed the word of God and allowed some things to die in your life. So what happens is people people are adults in body but babies because they have yet to obey. I'm going to tell you right now, growth is waiting on every person in this room, but it just takes a little bit of obedience. It just takes a little bit of trusting God, of trusting in the Lord when he said, if you'll give me that, I'm going to give you something greater than you could ever imagine in your life. He said, there's not one man that will walk away from houses and mothers and fathers. He said, there's not one man that will walk away from some things in their life that I won't bless them a hundredfold. 
really the, the killing, the giving of, of, of things in your life that, that, that are menial, that are small, is just preparation for all of the things that God prepares. For eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. I'm going to tell you, that milk is easy. It's it, it's provide. It's natural. It's gonna you're gonna receive it, but it but it can only grow you for so long. At some point, there has to be a commitment to pursuing the meat, to pursuing what will sustain you. Amen. Not just as a babe in Christ, but as an adult. Not somebody that's hearing teaching, but somebody that is now teaching. We must grow in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 13 and verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's necessary for us to receive the milk of the word, but we can't only rely upon the milk. There has to be meat Amen. There has to be meat. Even Jesus in Luke chapter 2 and 52, even Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Jesus, as our example, increased in wisdom. He increased. He grew. Amen. As I start to wrap this up, there are some things that hinder growth. There are some things that hinder us from, from growing in God. You, let me say this before I get into Mark chapter 4. I'll start with verse 3 back there. You are dirt. Welcome to church. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are dirt. You're a babe, but you're dirt. You're dirt. You're dirt. Bible says from the, from the dust he was formed and to the dust he shall return. You were made out of the dirt. God took his hands and reached down into that dirt and formed man. And man became a living soul. Dirt, I want you to hear me. Dirt is the only substance on earth that can grow a seed. Hear me? Dirt, the only substance on earth that can grow a seed. And so as dirt, as dirt, there are seeds that are dropped into your life. Seeds can be dropped into your life at childhood. Traumatic things, hard things, good things also. But seeds at your, in your childhood can be, can be dropped into your life. Things and things that are, that are, that are there that, that and all of a sudden because I am dirt and because those things happen to me, those, whatever, whatever's planted in me that I don't get rid of grows. It grows. Somebody say, it grows. And so if I, 
if, I, if there's a seed of bitterness planted in me, if I'm bitter at somebody or something that happened and I don't forgive them, the longer I leave that seed in me, it will continue to grow and it will continue to flourish. It will continue to, to spread its root system in your life and it will affect every area. It will affect your family. It will affect your finances. It will affect your mind. It will affect, it'll affect your sleep. It will affect your relationship with your spouse. It will affect your relationship with your kids. What is it? It's a seed that was planted that you have allowed to grow. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. It's a seed. Things that have happened to you in your past put a seed hurt. Hurt from the past that you've never, that you've never let go of. Because they did you wrong and they deserve to be punished. And it's planted, it's a seed, and then it just grows. It grows. It insecurities. And now you see yourself as nothing. And and, and, and you think, you think, you think these people ought, you've got, you've got so much bitterness in your heart and you've got so much ought in your heart against somebody but you don't realize you're the one that's being overtaken by this one seed that you've never uprooted in your life. You're dirt. And because you're dirt, what you plant and what you allow to remain planted in your life grows. That's why the Bible instructs us, I'm not going to have time to get into it, but Mark 4 instructs us that the that, that, that the sower sows the word of God. And the word doesn't always fall on ground that can receive it. Sometimes it falls on stony ground. It falls on ground that, that's got some hard things in it that, have, that haven't been removed, that, that haven't been plucked up. It, 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 it falls on a... It falls on dirt that's shallow. It falls in a place where, where the roots can't go down because there's so much hard stuff under the surface that, that the plant sprouts and, and it, the sun hits it and it dies immediately because the root, the seed was never allowed to take root. The sower sows the word of God and he preaches the word and Preaches the word and preaches the word, but you've never uprooted those things in your life. God says, You want to be forgiven? Forgive. You want to be forgiven? You want to stand before me in judgment and be forgiven? Then you better forgive. They're not held hostage. When you hold unforgiveness, well, why am I here? They're not held hostage when you hold unforgiveness in your heart. You are held hostage when you hold unforgiveness in your heart. And the, and the preacher can sow the word and throw the seed of the word of God. But you can't hear it and you can't receive it. Because it's all taken up by junk and stuff that you've never uprooted in your life. If you, if you want to grow in God, really, if you want to go to heaven, there's going to have to be something in you that recognizes what's deep down in here 
that identifies it and that pulls it out and says, Lord, they might be wrong, but I'm not going to hold myself hostage any longer. Lord, I, I, I forgive them for what they have done. Forgive them. Scripture, he said, Father, forgive them. He did nothing wrong. He made no mistakes. He didn't do anything. But yet, hanging on a cross, blood dropping in his life, Father, forgive them. There's got to be a moment of forgiveness in you if you want to grow. If you want to grow, some things got to be plucked out. And it's as simple, it's as simple as saying, Lord, I forgive them and I lay them in your hands and I put them before you, Lord. Some of you have got to, you can't just, you can't just pray at one time. It's like a, it's like a wound on the outside of your life. You've got to forgive them every day. You've got to forgive them every day. You've got to address the wound every day in your life. And if you will keep addressing the wound, healing will come to that wound. You'll find mending for that. It doesn't take just one prayer of forgiveness. It takes many prayers of forgiveness to become whole. Listen, to me. You are one prayer away. You are one decision away that you are going to come out of the bondage that you're It takes one decision of saying, Lord, I forgive them. I place them in your hands. Come on. You want to grow? You've got to get rid of that stuff in your life. God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. God wants to do something in your family. How long will you hold on to unforgiveness. Today is the day. I tell somebody in this room, today is the day to lay your unforgiveness down at an altar and pick up, amen, the seed of the word and let it affect your family. Let it affect your future. Let it do something in your life today. I'm sorry. Stand with me all over the building. I've, I've went, went a long time. Let, Oh, God. One thing, I, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Paul said, I haven't achieved my goal yet. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You wanna, you wanna stay, you wanna, you wanna stay bound. You wanna stay broken. You wanna stay in unforgiveness. Do nothing. Do nothing. Do nothing. Natural. It is natural for this body to produce bad. You were born in sin, and you will naturally produce sinful things. It's because you. It's the way you were born. You want. You wanna stay there. Do nothing. Easiest thing is to stay there, but you'll be bound for the rest of your life. But if you want to do something about it, you've got to make a commitment. I'm forgetting those things which are behind, and I'm pressing toward those things which are before. How many of you would say today, I'm committing to growth? Come on, lift your hands all over this room before we close. Lord, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you, God, for the witness of your spirit that is here. I pray under the, for every individual under the sound of my voice with unforgiveness in their spirit. God, with unforgiveness in their heart. I pray, God, that there would be a moment, God, that you would give them an opportunity, a space of grace, oh God, to do, Lord, what you are calling them to do today. God, I pray it in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.